The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Welcome back, Bumo. So guess what, guys? There's actually no guest today. It's just me, myself, and you. One of the biggest requests that I've been getting on this pod is to learn more about me and what has been working for me personally as a parent. And I know that we have a lot of guests on here. And honestly, I like to bring on guests because I love learning from other people. And a lot of the people that I bring on here are people that I really look up to. So I'm constantly just asking a million questions. And sometimes I never really get to talk about myself, which is totally fine. I feel like on my other platforms, that's all I do is talk about myself. So my podcast in a way is not really about myself. And it's about me learning from other people. Um, But it seems like a lot of you guys want to know what has been working for me. So I thought today's episode, um, I would dedicate on a topic that has been really sitting on my heart um, because it's something that I'm currently going through. And a lot of you guys have actually asked about this specific topic. And I'm going to try to do more solo episodes. Let's say for starters, just once a month. I don't like to make big commitments right off the bat, just in case, but let's start off there. And you guys can always DM me on Instagram. Um, I prefer it if you guys DM me at being Bumo's Instagram instead of my personal as it's way easier for me to kind of go through those messages and identify the topics and requests that you guys have for this podcast. So, okay. One of the topics that has been requested quite a bit from you guys, and it's actually a topic that I've been quite frankly horrible at, but I've gotten a lot better, especially this year. And that is boundaries. Have you guys heard of that before? Boundaries? Yes, they do exist and they are important. (laughs) So before I go into my thoughts on boundaries and what I've been doing to really kind of set my own personal boundaries, I actually asked some of you guys on Instagram, what does boundaries mean to you? So these are some of the answers that I got from our audience. And at Shantae, she said, protecting my peace. Very, very important. At Danny Giesch, hopefully I'm saying that right. Danny said, people pleasing issues. It can be bad sometimes for me. At Creatrix Chloe, she said, honoring when I need alone time space from others. At Hobol, she said, it's important not to burn yourself out, more thinking before actioning. Love that. At Laurel Lanshin, she said, boundaries indicates the humility and strength to realize and admit that I am limited. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. And last but not least, at EC218, She said, saying no, hard lessons to learn as a people pleaser. Absolutely. So thank you for all of you that submitted in your thoughts and what boundary means to you as we dive into this topic. Now for you guys, when you think of boundaries, what do you think? 
For me, naturally, I immediately go into kind of like this visual of drawing a line in the sand where people cannot cross this line. They cannot see me. They can't talk to me. Kids cannot bother me and nobody. But let's be real. Once you become a parent, that is literally quite impossible. I mean, I just visualize my kids just laughing in my face, running over this line drawn in the sand, just throwing the sand around. I mean, that is what I visualize when it comes to boundaries. And I think for different people, boundaries mean different things. But today I'm just going to kind of speak to what has been working for me. And I want to speak to you guys about the different boundary settings and why it's so important to have them. And some examples of boundary settings that have worked for me this past year that has been pretty game changing. So first of all, let's talk about why boundaries are really, really important. Well, if you're anything like me and if setting boundaries is really hard for you, you will end up burning yourself out and feeling so depleted and taken for granted. I've been there so many times and it's almost as if I don't learn my lesson. Like I learned the lesson for a few weeks and then I just go right back into it. And that's just kind of how I've lived my life. And yes, granted that I... I'm a people pleaser and I have a very hard time saying no. So I end up doing a lot of things that I don't want to do. And yes, granted that I have gotten to where I'm at because I am just a yeser. Like when an opportunity comes, I say yes. When someone asks me for a favor, I say yes. When my kids want something, I say yes. When my family needs me, I say yes. When my friends see me, I say yes. Like everything is yes, 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 yes. And for people like me that are people pleaser, it's easier to say yes than it is to say no at the time. But you will learn the hard way like I have done myself and you will burn the F out. I could almost predict when my burnout would happen. And it's usually about two times a year. And it's usually about the holiday times and also mid year. And so that is when it usually happens. And so sometimes I ask myself, like, why is this so predictable? And it's because I really am running on fumes for six months and just doing anything and everything possible. And then my body breaks down and emotionally I am so depleted. I cannot. And by the end of six months, I am so exhausted physically and emotionally that I just kind of turn into this hermit and I cannot crawl out of my shell. And it takes me a few weeks to actually recover. No one can get a hold of me. I just, I I just kind of disappear. But knowing this, why is it so hard for someone like me to set those boundaries? Why can't I just say no to things and know that I can just preserve my energy for the things that matter so I won't have these two times a year burnouts, right? Because boundaries is essentially telling people no and sometimes telling people things that they don't want to hear. And as a people pleaser, that's really really scary, right? But as I've gone through a pretty big transformation this past year, some life-changing moments, I've realized that boundaries help us to take care of ourselves by giving us permission to say no to things and not feel like we have to take everything on. Because at the end of the day, other people don't really care if you say no. It's this image and this expectation that you created for yourself that you feel like you have to exert and live up to this expectation. So really you are your own worst enemy. 
And also keep in mind when you have unhealthy personal boundaries, it naturally bleeds into other parts of your life. So whether it be with your family, with your job, uh, work boundaries, with your relationship. So you have to set these personal boundaries first in order for other parts of your life to really thrive and have a strong, healthy relationship. And I see this in a lot of parents, especially moms and speaking for working moms myself. Let me use myself as an example. I don't feel like I do this as much anymore because I do have work, which allows me to be with my kids and still thrive in my career. Um, hence the reason why I built Bumo Work because I just felt so unbalanced as a working parent. But now I feel a lot less of that. But let's kind of go back to pre-Bumo. I would feel so, so guilty being out for a full day of working, you know, just out there hustling and providing for my family. So when I got home, I would feel so guilty, I would overload my plate with whatever my family and my kids needed me to do. So if my kids needed something, I'll do it. Uh, If I need to go buy groceries, I'll do it. I need to cook dinner, I'll do it. I need to do bedtime and bath time with my kids, I'll do it. If I needed to jump into that 10 p.m. meeting after the kids are in bed, I'll do it because I don't want to use my family as an excuse of me not being able to work. I was basically available at any time, at any hour, And anyone and everybody that knows me personally could say, she is so reliant. She gets everything done. Like, I don't, like, she's superwoman. And before I used to really pride myself on that. I used to be like, yes, that is me. That is who I am. But then I soon realized that, like, who am I to prove? I just felt depleted and tired all the freaking time behind closed doors. I was not happy. I mean, I didn't feel excited about doing a lot of things and I just became kind of numb to things, if you guys know what I mean. I mean, I could literally be doing the most exciting thing and I would have absolutely no emotion to it. Like I remember this one time I was in Paris and, you know, just staying at this five-star hotel, like getting gifted all of these amazing like gifts from luxury brands. And this was my dream at one point, right? As a young college student, these, like, if I knew that this was going to be my life now, I wouldn't have believed myself. And I'm actually living it now. And because I am so burnt out and I'm so exhausted and depleted, here I am not even able to enjoy it or even yet alone feel anything about it because I was just so freaking tired. And I remember specifically this last trip to Paris that I had, which was pre-COVID. I was at kind of the last like end of the straw. I did not feel excited to be there. And I was just really, really depressed. And I just kept asking myself, like, am I just, am I just jaded? Have I just been doing this for too long? Why am I not excited? And I honestly thought I was just over fashion and over kind of the work that I did. But I soon realized like taking a step back from it. And obviously post COVID, I realized that it wasn't because I wasn't passionate about these things. It was simply because I was tired. I was depleted all the freaking time, simply because I had no boundaries. So I was a yes, sir. Like I would literally say yes to everything. And I didn't want to disappoint anybody. 
One of my most fondest memories growing up as a kid was when my dad and I would sit down and do these activities together. He would teach me about gravity and electricity through his little DIY project. I love spending the time with him, but I also love discovering the world through these tangible lessons. Granted, he was an engineer, so everything was incredibly technical, but I usually understood the point that he was trying to make. Our childhood experiences impact who we are today, just like our investment in childhood education. So why not get your young innovators, super cool STEAM projects to nurture their curiosity and exploration outside of the classroom. With KiwiCo subscription, your child gets a new crate full of fun science and art projects every month for trail for trailblazing toddlers to more experienced explorers and every stage in between. So this past week, I worked on a new project from KiwiCo with Chloe, and that is robots and coding. It included everything we needed from the game board, 20 tiles, paper flags, 16 track pieces, wooden robot pieces, sticky foam pieces, three paper rabbit pieces, pipe cleaners, puzzle cards. I mean, the list goes on. The value of this box is so amazing and all the products are super high quality material. It also includes a step-by-step instruction, which makes it super easy, but also challenging enough to get the kids thinking. The diversity in projects are really incredible as there are so many options. And honestly, the priceless memories that were created from it when we were working on this project together, it's really a bonding moment, which reminded me so much of when my dad and I were working on projects together. What I love most about the project is that it's challenging enough where Chloe had to really use her brain and creative thinking to make it work, but it encouraged her to problem solve, but also use her imagination outside of the box. Chloe loved seeing her own creation come to life, the joy and satisfaction that it brought to Chloe when she actually did it and saw her little robot move on the puzzle. It was really amazing and see her confidence skyrocket. This was Chloe's second crate and she is hooked. And honestly, so am I. Look, I know how hard it is to keep kids busy and screen free, especially during this time of year, but I really believe it's important to stretch out their little brains at a young age. KiwiCo does a legwork for you so you can spend more quality time tackling projects together. Everything your child needs for the project is included in every crate so that they can get started right away. Crates include one to two larger projects or two to three smaller projects tied together by an engaging theme. And there's something for kids of all ages. And honestly, the best part about this was watching her confidence grow as big as her smile. Everything is shipped right to your door and there's no commitment so you can pause or cancel at any time. With KiwiCo, there's something for every kid or kid at heart every single month. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash BUMO. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash BUMO. Hey guys, it's Gabby from What's Gabby Cooking and seeing as how we've all got a little extra time on our hands at home, um, hello social distancing, let's get down to business in the kitchen. Come hang every Monday while we talk about all things food and I answer your burning questions about cooking, ingredients, swaps, tips and tricks, etc. I'm also going to be highlighting super rad small businesses and we're going to be learning about other incredible makers in the food world and who even knows what else. Anything's fair game in 2020, right? What's Gabby cooking in the wild? Here we come. And I'm just showing you my own personal story because I'm not sure if you guys can relate to this, but I know a lot of parents, especially moms, are like this because we want to 
be able to do it all. You know, we don't want to feel like we are lacking of anything. We don't want to use our work as an excuse. I mean, we want to be able to do it all. And this is what you call martyr syndrome. I think I had, I forgot who it was, but we are talking about it on one of the podcasts. I'll, I'll leave it down in the show notes, but it was a specific episode talking about martyr syndrome. And that pretty much means once you become a mom, you feel like you have to sacrifice everything. You become this martyr and you're sacrificing your own sanity and your own health and your own happiness to be able to provide and live. And guess what, guys? I'm not doing that anymore. And you shouldn't either. I mean, I've gone through some pretty big life changes this past year. And one of my biggest, biggest priorities this year is to establish my own personal, very healthy boundaries for myself. And what I realized after doing this for, I would say about five months now, my life has been immensely more satisfying. It has been exciting. It has been more energizing. I've been able to have really intimate conversations and connections with people. I don't feel burnt out anymore. I actually feel excited to live. I get excited to hang out with my kids. I get excited to get to work. I haven't started traveling yet. Actually, I am going to Lake Tahoe this weekend, which is really, really random, but I'm going up there for a job. And honestly, I am so excited to get on a freaking plane to be able to work and to be able to travel. Whereas before, because I was so burnt out, I was like, I don't like traveling. I don't want to jump on another plane. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And it just became a chore. But because I set these personal boundaries of mine, I feel like I'm able to enjoy life to its fullest and I feel human and I feel alive again, which has been quite incredible. So I'm going to share with you guys what I've been doing to set my personal boundaries and hopefully this will help you out. I know that everyone is kind of in a different situation. So take it with a grain of salt, you know, apply the things that actually work for you. But first of all, if you're like, well, I don't know if I have this boundary setting problem. Well, let me ask you this. If any of these statements I'm about to say are true, you may have problems setting boundaries. So one, you give as much as you can for just the sake of giving. This is not necessarily because you want to give or really help, but you just give because you just feel like you have to. That's one. That's definitely something that I had to deal with. Number two, you take as much as you can for the sake of just taking. This is kind of not related example, but I think you guys will understand the point that I'm trying to make through this example. So let's say that there is a massive sale at your favorite store and everything is 75% off and you just decide that you're going to buy everything that you can because it's so cheap and it you know, when is another sale going to like this going to happen? So you just take, 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 take to soon realize that you actually didn't really need any of those things in the first place. So that is a good example of when you take as much as you can just for the sake of taking. Number three is you feel guilty when you say no. Oh man, like, this is my life story. Don't feel like this anymore because I've been really working on myself. But 
This is so common, especially in women. But I want you to know that it's okay to say no. And we're going to talk about how to not feel guilty when you say no. And number four, you don't speak up when you are treated poorly. And again, this kind of goes back to the whole martyr syndrome where women and or mothers feel like they have to suffer. And this kind of goes back to the whole martyr syndrome where a lot of women and mothers feel like it's okay to suffer. But no, I'm telling you, it's not. So if any of these statements are true to you, then you may have unhealthy boundaries. I actually read somewhere that the difference between successful people and really, really, really successful people is that really, really, really successful people say no to almost everything. So I guess you can say that I'm not really, really, really successful yet because I still say yes to a lot of things, but I've gotten a lot better, but I don't say no to almost everything. But I guess that is a difference when you're very clear and concise and you know what you want. You have absolutely no problem in saying no. So as I mentioned, it was about a year ago where I realized that I needed to make some changes in my life in order for me to really look out for myself. And boundary settings was probably at the top list. So a year ago, I made some pretty big changes and it helped me out a lot. And through the process, and remember, it takes time to really get used to it. But after about five months, I was not feeling as depleted or burnt out anymore. And I was actually excited to to be doing things and being able to reserve my energy for the things that actually mattered. So here's what I've learned. And they're all kind of a mixture of, you know, my life as a parent, as an entrepreneur, as a woman, and, you know, you could take all of these kind of scenarios with all of these tips. So the first one is no is a complete sentence. Yep, you heard it right. You can literally just say no to someone and be okay with that. Before I used to rationalize everything. So if someone asked me to do something and I didn't want to do it, if I didn't say yes and I said no, I would say, no, I can't do it but I'll try to do it next week or I'll try to help you out, you know, um, in a few days. Let's catch up or let's get some coffee um, next time. But I just couldn't get around to saying no. It, it just felt too, too straightforward and too strong of a word. But honestly, no is like any other word. You just have to get used to using it. It's one of those words that the more you use, the more you realize that it's not that bad. No is a strong enough word that needs no explanation at all. So whether it's my kids asking me for an extra 30 minutes of screen time, no is a no. I don't have to justify that. Whether it's a friend asking me to come out to dinner, no, I can't this weekend, but thank you for inviting me. So there you go. That's a really good example. Sometimes if you feel too uncomfortable to just say no, Um, And especially in the beginning, if you're talking to a friend and you want to say no and you just say no, they also might be like, whoa, I'm not used to this from you. So you could kind of ease them into it, right? So instead of saying no, but I'll do dinner with you next weekend because one, that's a lie. You don't want to lie to your friends. And two, you could ease them into it. So instead of saying no, so instead of saying no, I'll have dinner with you next time or next week, you can say, 
No, I can't, but thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. So end it with a positive note. So ending it with some gratitude, right? Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Also keep in mind when you say yes to something and do not want to actually do the task or do what you actually accepted, you start feeling resentment. I don't know if you guys ever felt that way. I felt this way pretty much my whole life. Like I would say yes to things, but I don't want to be labeled as a flake or labeled as someone that is unreliable. So this weight of just like not wanting to do something literally lived with me for the entire week, yet alone month, if I said yes to something, because I'm the type of person that will never back out if I say yes. So I will hold that kind of weight on, which is actually worse than flaking out last minute. Because at least when you're flaking, you're recognizing that it's something that that doesn't serve you. And though you probably should have said no to begin with, when you realize that it's something that you don't want to do, you're actually respecting yourself, right? And you're saying, okay, I actually don't want to move forward with this. So I am just going to tell this person or whoever that, you know, I just can't do it. But when you have this weight of resentment, you just start turning bitter towards the request and anger at yourself. Again, not sure if you guys have experiences, but this is kind of my life story for the past few years where I'm always like, oh, why did I say yes to it? Oh, why? And I just get so mad at myself. So to me, learning to say no was the very first step of setting my boundaries. And trust me, guys. And also keep in mind your friends and your family. In the beginning, they might feel a little weirded out about you saying no to something that you usually might have said yes to. But keep in mind, they keep coming back and asking you to do certain things because they know that you're going to say yes. So you're one, being taken advantage of. And two, they're assuming that they already know the answer. So you need to change that narrative and that expectation for yourself. So in the beginning, they might get weirded out about it, but you can, again, ease them into it. And then sooner than later, they know the answer and they know you and they won't even blink an eye when you say no to something. It's not a big deal. So again, you're just kind of setting, resetting the expectation for yourself, for your friends and family around you. Okay. Second thing I've learned about boundaries is that boundaries actually allow us to conserve our energy for things that actually matter. This was like a mind blowing thing for me when I realized that because I didn't realize that when I said yes to everything, I am not the type of person that will half ask something, excuse my language. So I would literally just give my all to everything that I said yes to. So all my energy was given throughout the day to things that I didn't want to do in the first place. And by the time I got to the the actual task or the opportunity that mattered to me that I actually want to say yes to, I couldn't give it my all. So by the time I got to this, this task that mattered to me, my emotional bandwidth is so low that I couldn't give it anything. And that's why when you set boundaries throughout the day, it's super important to conserve it for the things that matter most to you. So for example, this is more work related, but you know, during COVID, everyone was doing these Zoom events, Zoom meetings, and I want to support everyone because I know that a lot of people were struggling during that time and wherever I could lean and give my support to, I was willing to do so as long as my calendar allowed it to. And this is something else that I had to realize 
realized that I needed to stop doing because when I looked at my calendar or my assistant looked at my calendar and there was like a one hour space, then we would go ahead and fill it up because it was free space. But what I realized is that I can't book my calendar or my schedule hour by hour by hour because there's no breathing room. So once I got to the thing that actually mattered, I was so exhausted. So again, going back to the story during COVID, I was just saying yes to supporting all these people and uh, doing live events via Zoom. And I was just back. I was busier than I've ever been before during COVID. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to this because I feel like some people were working more than they've ever had because it was so accessible. Like everything was online. Like you didn't have to drive for an hour to commute. By the way, it's a whole different topic, but I felt like a commute is so healthy for our mental sanity to be able to kind of divide and draw that line of, okay, I am entering into work and I'm leaving work, right? Whereas when we're at home, everything is kind of blurred together. So there was really no boundaries during COVID for myself. And so I remember I had this really, really, really important, important call and event that I had to do with the White House. And that was towards the end of the day. But throughout the beginning of the day, I was booked back to back to back with other kind of favors and Zoom calls and meetings that I already committed myself to. And again, because I'm not a flaker, I didn't flake on anything. By the time I got to the most important thing on my agenda, I could literally not think of what I was going to say. Like I had the script in front of me. I had everything set up and ready, but something in my brain would not function. And I was so mad at myself that day. I was like, why, why wasn't I able to perform the way that I usually am able to perform? And it's simply because I did not conserve my energy for the thing that actually mattered the most that day. And so that is why boundaries allow us to conserve our energy for the things that actually matter. So life is actually happening, guys, which means wearing real clothes is also happening again. I am so excited. So if you're anything like me and you've kind of forgotten what getting dressed is like or have tons of events coming up or you're finding your old reliables are just not fitting the way that they used to, let me put you on to Newly, a monthly clothing rental subscription. It's quite amazing. Every Newly subscription includes your choice of any six styles you want to rent each month. You can choose whatever you want for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. You have access to thousands of styles from more than 100 brands, everything from party dresses to premium denim and even one of a kind of vintage pieces. Newly stock styles in a range of sizes from petite to plus sizes up to 5X plus maternity, which is so crazy. I wish I knew about this when I was pregnant. They carry labels like Love and Lemons, Love Shack Fancy, Lisa Says Gaw, Free People, Anthropology, and more. They have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. That is literally music to my ears. You also have the option to buy what you love at a discount, sometimes up to 75% off. I mean, that's kind of amazing. And, and, and on top of that, you have maternity and post-maternity wear. I mean, no offense, but the biggest waste of money, in my opinion, is buying maternity clothes, knowing that you won't fit into it in a couple of months, yet alone a couple of weeks, since you're constantly growing and changing in size. So Newly carries everything you need to get from just pop to postpartum in style. 
Also, the savings is quite incredible. I just purged out 50% of my closet and I thought, ugh, how wasteful is this? Most of these pieces I've only worn one to three times. Ugh. But renting through Newly means getting to wear more, sometimes thousands of dollars worth of clothing while spending way less. It's a win-win for your closet and also your checking account. Newly Shared Closet helps curb that must-buy something new feeling you get when there's an exciting event coming along or you just want to wear something fabulous and new. It's fun, sustainable, and flexible. Now you get to explore different kinds of styles and trends without feeling guilty and without any commitment. Free your closet of only wore it once impulse purchases and buyer's remorse by renting them instead. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BUMO20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code BUMO20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Okay. The next thing that I've learned with boundaries is that it gives us a space that we need to be vulnerable. And I know that sounds so foreign. I didn't truly understand this until a few months ago, because when you're always in a hurry and you're always doing everything um, possible right in front of you, and you're saying yes to everything, it's really hard to sit down and deal with complex feelings when life happens. So one example as a parent that I've experienced myself is when you are so busy doing your parenting thing or doing your work thing or doing your mom thing, like whatever you're doing, and someone really needs you, like your your child, right? Like, mom, I, I need, they're not going to, like my six-year-old is not going to say, hey, mom, I need more of your attention, right? She'll say that in other ways. Like she'll start asking me to play with her, but that at the end of the day is just screaming for attention, right? She wants more quality time. And so when you don't have these boundaries and you're just so busy doing so much, you don't have the time to sit there to really feel uh, complex feelings of yourself and other people of what they actually need from you and what you actually need from yourself. And so I would go about my day and I'll be like, oh my God, why are the kids acting so crazy? Like, why are they throwing so many tantrums? Why are they being so inappropriate right now? And I realized that in hindsight, that I was just simply not present enough to realize these complex feelings that they actually had that needed my attention at the time. But because now my boundaries are a lot healthier, I'm able to show up for the people that need me the most and that I care about. And also they are able to show up for me too when I need them. So boundaries give us a space that we need uh, to be vulnerable and it allows other people to be vulnerable as well. Okay, this last one is actually my favorite because it's something that I've gotten pretty good at and that is safeguarding your space, whether it be physically or emotionally. Physically is really hard for parents, I know, because kids sometimes do not care and they'll just trample all over your own personal space, um, whether it's your safe haven where the kids are not allowed, they'll somehow, you know, make their way through, right? But what I realized is that you have to create those physical safe spaces for yourself and emotional safe space as well. So my kids used to ask me to sleep with them in the same bed. And I'm not going to lie, I used to. 
And I'm, it's like, it was so wonderful. I mean, they're so cuddly. They're so cute. I would pass out with them. But then what I realized is that when I passed out with them, I would wake up at literally two or three in the morning, super startled and realizing that I didn't even wash my face. I didn't even get to take a shower. I didn't even get to answer some of the emails that I said that I was going to get to once the kids are down. I didn't get to you know, I don't know, like do the laundry and like do all these things that I was saving up to do myself once the kids are down. And I soon realized that I just cannot sleep in the same bed as them because once I do that, then one, I'm I'm not creating healthy boundaries for them because they think that mama's always gonna sleep in the same bed as them. And two, I needed my own physical space and my own kind of turned down routine that will put me at ease. So for months and months and months, I was planning my escape plan from my kids to not be able to sleep with them because I really want to sleep in my own bed. And I also wanted to have that moment to myself where I could read a book, light a candle, take a nice warm shower, you know, I don't know, do my skincare and just really feel good about myself. So of course, when I first told Chloe that uh, mama needs to sleep in her own bed, she was pretty upset, but we started getting really creative, right? And thinking outside of the box of, okay, what can we do to make you feel comfortable so you could have your own space and mom can have her own space? The first thing that she said was, well, I would like a bunk bed. Of course, like any child would say, right? So I did promise her that I would get her a bunk bed as long as she would earn it. And I also wanted to make sure that she knew that I wasn't just buying this for her. So, you know, mom could sleep separately, but it's something that she really wanted that she had to earn herself. And it's really interesting, again, a totally different topic that I could go into, but when a child earns something herself and feels like they worked for it, there's a lot of ownership that comes with that versus like a mom buying a kid another toy or something that they really wanted. Then it just feels like, ah, you know, it's another thing that mom just bought or dad just bought, right? So we really worked hard at her chores for her to earn this bunk bed. So again, once you put in the order for the bunk bed, first of all, I realized that it takes months. So we actually waited for about four months for this bunk bed to arrive. So during that time of transition, I knew that this bunk bed was coming. We started to create these little routines for them to get ready for the separation, for my escape plan, essentially. And, you know, there was always an end goal. So I I would tell them, you know, once a bunk bed is here, Mommy's going to sleep in her own room and her own bed because mom deserves her own bed and you guys deserve your own bed as well. So we would start practicing. I would say, okay, so during the meantime, I am not going to lay down with you and sleep with you guys, but I will read you a book. I will sit down here and read you a book and until you guys fall asleep, right? And so one thing led to another. And then from there, I would say, okay, well, mommy is going to sit on this chair. I'm not no longer going to sit on this bed and read you, but I'm going to sit on this chair and read you a book while you guys fall asleep. And then so we would make slow transitions. It was very, very slow, kind of painful, I have to admit. But once a bunk bed was there, they had no problem of mama leaving, right? Because we kind of geared up for it. Because the worst thing that could have happened was this bunk bed arrived and the kids are like, oh, well, we still want mommy to sleep with us in the bunk bed. No, absolutely not. That was not going to happen. So 
I kind of went off tangent. This goes back to safeguarding your space as a parent, as a woman, as a mom. You know, we go through a lot in a given day and you deserve that safe space where you kind of relax on your own, not be interrupted. And it's a place that you look forward to going to every single day. Another example is shower. My kids know that when mama's in the shower, they are not allowed to come in. Mommy will get very, very, very mad um, because that is my space. That is my time alone to myself. And so, you know, it took a few times for them to realize that this is a boundary for mom and we cannot cross this boundary. But now very, very rarely will they ever come in and bother me or ask for something when I'm in the shower. Of course, Colette, my little one, who's almost three years old, has a hard time understanding that sometimes, but her older sister, Chloe, she knows what happens when she crosses that boundary. So she'll like pull Colette back and be like, no, 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 not right now. After mom's done, then we could ask her for some dessert. Not right now, not right now. So it's really cute to see them kind of interact, but also teaching them what healthy boundaries look like, because I believe that when you create healthy boundaries for yourself and not let other people, family members, kids, even coworkers step all over you. And like, you're pretty much a doormat and available at any hour. You're setting your kids up for success and teaching them also what it means to create these healthy boundaries for themselves eventually as adults and even as they are growing up as kids. One last story with this kind of safeguarding your space. So because Chloe understands that I, mama is really, good about safeguarding my space. She has a desk that is attached to her bunk bed and it's like her desk. And it's become a little problematic because Colette sleeps on the bottom of the bunk bed where the desk is, but the desk is Chloe's desk. It's not Colette's desk. It's Chloe's desk. And she always talks about, you know, she doesn't use the word safeguarding, but she always talks about, this is my space. This is my boundary. Nobody can touch it. And so there has been moments where Colette wants like touch, I don't know, like a, a pen or a notebook or her diary on her desk. And Chloe, when she finds out, she flips out. We've also learned that, you know, baby sister is a baby and she's still learning about these boundaries. She might not understand it. So it might take some time. So it's really cute because Chloe now will always tell Colette before she goes upstairs to her bunk bed, Colette, this is my boundary. This desk is my boundary. Okay. And Colette's like, yes, yes. So it just makes me proud that she is learning about boundary setting at a young age uh, to learn how to respect your own boundary and respecting other people's boundaries. And of course, when you're good at setting your own boundary, naturally you are able to recognize and honor other people's boundaries too. And I've actually learned this through my daughters because Chloe has been very specific and very particular about her certain boundaries. She will recognize some of Colette's boundaries which by the way, I don't think they're her boundaries. I think she's still a little too young to understand what her own boundaries are. But Chloe will be like, oh, mommy, um, that pillow is her boundary. Like you cannot touch that pillow. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's really exciting to see your kids kind of model after what you have learned yourself and what is important to you. And look, guys, in the beginning, setting boundaries is going to feel very, very uncomfortable. And it's going to almost feel like you're creating, like you're fortifying 
a relationship, right? Like you're building these walls to keep people out. But I don't want you guys to think of it like that. It's not building walls to keep people out. Think of it more of like a front door. Just imagine this house with a front door. If the door is closed and someone comes breaking down your door, you know you got a problem. You have a red flag. But imagine if you had this house without a door and people just didn't even realize that there was a door that was supposed to be there to begin with. So that pretty much is signaling them that they can come in and out whenever they want. There's no boundary whatsoever. And you got a problem there as well. So when you're creating these boundaries for yourself, you're literally just putting up a nice little door at your house. People are welcome when you let them in. And when you want them out, then you could close the door. So I hope that this topic was helpful. And I'm not sure if any of you guys have been struggling yourself with setting boundaries, but I hope that you could apply some of these things that have helped me out along the way. And again, I'm not perfect. I'm still perfecting my boundary setting, but it's something that I think about almost every single day. So thank you guys so much for tuning in today for my solo episode. Let me know if you guys enjoyed these. And if so, what topic you guys want to hear me talk about next? You guys can always DM me at beingbumo's Instagram. I will usually answer. And if there's any requests that you guys want to hear next, please let me know on Instagram. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you guys soon. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and it would mean the world to me if you took a second to rate, review, and follow. It really is the best way to support the show and don't forget to head over to our Instagram for more parenting tips and inspiration at Bumo Parent. And if you guys are looking for high quality virtual education for your little ones ages one through seven years old, make sure to check out at Bumo Brain on Instagram or go to www.bumobrain.com. We have a wide range of topics that your little ones will surely get so excited about from Dr. Kid to Chef Math to our foreign language program. We have all sorts of languages. Forbes called Bumo Brain the classroom of the future and it really is the best platform for early learners. Go to www.bumobrain.com to learn more.